HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by greatbrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. Broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to heritageradionetwork.org. In some of my songs, I have casually mentioned the fact that I like to drink beer. This little song is more to the point. Roll out the barrel and lend me your ears. I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Beer Sessions Radio on Heritage Radio Network. Why, well, it's July 31st, 2012. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43. And it's the last day of uh, July, Good Beer Month, our fourth uh, fourth year doing that. Thanks to Mayor Bloomberg for uh, giving us a proclamation that July is Good Beer Month. And we've got some of our favorite members of the dynamic New York City craft beer scene on hand today. Uh, from the Good Beer Sale, we've got uh, one of the deans of beer in New York City, Ed Baristecki from Mugs Alehouse. How are you, Ed? Right, how you doing, Jimmy? Great, no safe. And a new member of the Good Brazil, Ryan Barker from Adobe Blues on Staten Island. That's right, new kid on the block. All right, so we've had a, a very interesting month. Um, uh, our friends uh, Sarah and Giancarlo Anese from BeerUnion.net. Uh, you guys went around to all forty-one Good Brazil bars, and uh, what did you think of uh, the July Good Beer Month as as a general happening? And how do you think it rep- represents uh, the the Good Beer bars in the city? Uh. We thought it was great, uh, especially going around to all 41 of them and see how different they are in all, all the different neighborhoods, what they have to offer. So we thought it was great, and there were some great events like the Hop Fest and uh, what else we... The we, book blog. The and book blog and video, uh, video So you think that uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn or Manhattan has better... Uh, craft beer bars Brooklyn Brooklyn, Brooklyn. definitely Brooklyn. Or, um, we live in Staten Brooklyn Island. so we love it <laughs> or Staten Island actually we were we were definitely proven there wrong isn't. on Staten Island we definitely yeah. didn't want to go right but it's got some great bars yeah. great yeah. bars yeah. We, were, we were eating our words on that one for sure <laughs> you got on Staten Island you guys had a champion Mark Zappazzotti uh, yeah, we did we did 
who he, he was a he's a writer and a home brewer from Staten Island. He just yep. moved to Massachusetts. He did. I know we missed him. So you, you had your champion. He got you in. Yeah, exactly. And then he skipped town. <laughs> so let's talk. You're the newest one of the newest members of the Good Beer Steel, Ryan. How did you get involved in, in the beer scene? And uh, when did you start working at Adobe Blues? Um, I started at Adobe three and a half years ago. I think. Uh, I worked in the music industry for about 10 years and decided that I had enough of that. So I had off and on bartended for, I don't know, 15 years maybe. So that was, you know, the natural thing to skip back into. Landed at Adobe Blues. It was the closest place to my house. So (laughs) it was the place I stopped. They hired me. Um, About a year and a half later, I became the manager and took it from there. Well, we visited you uh, this spring, and, and I couldn't believe all the great beers you had. You had Evil Twin, you had some McKellar, yeah. and you had all the cult favorites. Yeah. And um, that's pretty cool. Are you the person responsible for ordering the beer and picking the beer list? Yeah, that all that all falls on me, wrangling the beer list, researching what's out there, ordering it, seeing if I can get it. <laughs> you know, I go fishing a lot for, for stuff, you know, that there's, you know, one keg, and maybe it'll come, and maybe it won't. And you know, you just cross your fingers, and you know. What are some of the the beers on draft that you have now that, that you think are, would be worth traveling to Staten Island to try? Uh, right now, we have uh, Allagash Bourbon Black, um, which actually probably will kick tonight. I have no idea who drank it all. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> that usually happens, doesn't it? <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, coming up after that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, Coming back to that, I think we have uh, two old Goliath uh, Imperial Coffee Stout, which I'm looking forward to trying. Um, What else? Um, Stillwater Capstuche is going to be coming up. Uh, Right now, I also have St. Bernardus Tokyo, which is pretty cool. It's a wit beer. uh, St. Bernardus is a Belgian brewery. They opened a brewery in Japan. So you grabbed that one. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> it's all timing it's all timing it's, it's, it's amazing I mean there's there's so many good places to get beer in the city and so many breweries and yet so many of the selections that we want are really hard to get right you know right. What, what's going on what, what do you think Ed I mean there's there's more breweries than ever and yet as soon as I feel like that the collectibles are harder and harder to get this being my 20th year I've seen it go I've seen New York go from crap and I don't even know if I can use that word but I'm mm-hmm. using it <laughs> As far as the beer scene is concerned, till where it is now, where I'm calling it chaos, it's actually become so mad to even get beer because you guys know as well as I know who are purchasing them, know that, like you just mentioned, that there are barrels that show up, there's one or two of them, and everybody's out there trying to get it, you yeah. know, and whoever's, I guess, the best man wins at that point. But uh, that's my that's been my approach, too, because, I mean, I've been around for so many years as well as you and you know the business and now you're trying to grab all these little things that are these little beauties that are showing up um i don't know what to say about it anymore i really do i've talked to distributors about it i think it's total like i I, I, not not to call it chaos but it really is you have to approach it that way and like you mentioned it's a lottery if you're lucky you grab it at that point and it shows up and you're you know, jumping up and in what, the air. What beer did you bring for us? Uh, this is actually the st- 10th anniversary Stone Ruination. Uh, we're going to be, there's six kegs in New York. We're going to be pouring this on Tuesday with Dennis from Stone at Mugs. Um, it's an humble, uh, Ruination is one of my favorite beers. I'm an IPA. I'm a hophead. I'm a hophead of, uh, my wife calls it poison. 
<laughs> All right, so I just gonna, <laughs> my what? bar my bartenders know at the bar. It's like uh, oh, we've got poison up, and to me, it's not poison. It's actually I, I've tried this this afternoon, and it was unbelievable. And I can't wait to try it on draft next week. Um, so I've got the Stone Tenth Anniversary. It's a ten and a half percent beer right now, and I can understand the guys from Rockaway looking at it when I pour the, <laughs> the whole mason jar full for everybody, but. You know, I'm, I'm Polish. <laughs> so, well, in, in terms of like a, one thing I like to do is I love to, to, to meet the new small breweries as they're coming exactly. up and, uh, and get a good relation with them because that is definitely one way to, to keep getting, you know, your favorite beers. And we have uh, Ethan Long and Marcus Burnett uh, from Rockaway Brewing. So you guys uh, just got licensed. And uh, welcome to the New York City beer community. How you doing, Jimmy? Hi, Marcus. I heard a lot about you. I, I heard way back when you were just start, trying to get started, a friend of ours, Rich, who's a caterer, said he was looking at beer systems with you. And, uh, you know, I know you've been out at the Rockaways for a while. Uh, wh- what got you uh, interested in, uh, in opening a brewery? Um, I think there's just, uh, as the conversation was just going on, there's a real lack of craft brews in New York City. So Ethan and I started home brewing, and, and slowly we decided... You know, our beer, we thought our beer was good. We like to drink our beer. So we thought, wow, let's start a microbrewery. And uh, little did we know how much work it actually is to uh, <laughs> do a brewery. We've uh, flown over that cliff and now are uh, treading water happily. But uh, it's exciting. But it's still, it's amazing how much work it is. You you think, you know, as a home brewer, hey, I'm going to just get to brew all the time and be doing my thing with the recipes. And then there's all the paperwork there's the government there's the uh the nuances so, of ordering where can we where can we try your beers right now we're serving at uh, far rockaway 96th street on the beach at the low tide bar nice and, and what styles of beer do you have right now we uh we brought for you tonight too we brought an esb which is kind of our signature beer that we've been working on for for a few years now that's kind of our front runner and then we also for a special treat brought a, a porter for a recipe we're working on for the for the fall so we're kind of that one Jimmy I got the magic bus we could go there right after this <laughs> alright <laughs> hey um, we're actually going to Good Beer There's a this is the final event of July Good Beer Month it's the fourth year of Good Beer it's, it's produced by Edible Manhattan Edible Brooklyn and uh, always hats off to them because they do a great job um, so Sarah and uh John, it's John Carlo, man. <laughs> you guys really, you, you blew me away. We're just doing a little intro right now, setting the stage for the rest of the show, but um, you guys blew me away. You, you came to me and said you wanted to go visit every, all 41 of the Good Bristol bars. You took pictures, did a short summary. What was that like getting around the city? I mean, and you visited 41 bars in, in one month. Yeah, we did. I'm sure, yeah. it's, I'm sure it's been done before in some form, but to me, it's unprecedented. Well, it was it was really fun. It was a lot of work, um, but it it was just it was a really great way to see the city, um, which is what I didn't anticipate before doing this. Just going to the outer boroughs and really seeing what's going on, what's going on there. So if I if I was coming into town this weekend, because I know you had your favorites too, yeah. if I was coming into town this weekend and I, and I wanted to check out some of the good beer seal bars, uh, what give me a short tour? Where should I go? Like a two day Saturday and Sunday. Um, we really liked uh, the Diamond in uh, Greenpoint. That was one of our favorite bars, um, just for the overall experience there. Um, we loved Sport and Doival, so that's a good place to start um, in the Greenpoint. Can you Greenpoint. say that again? Sport and Doival. I've never heard anyone pronounce it that way. <laughs> I don't how, know. How is, is it? Is that right or wrong? We say Spite and Dival, but I say Spite and Dival. Okay. <laughs> 
Okay. Sweet and doivel. All right. Well, phonetically, um, phonetically. <laughs> either way, that's a great uh, Greenpoint. Williamsburg is a good place to start. And then if you want to get out into the outer boroughs, Staten Island was great too to just kind of yeah. see how <laughs> see how different it is if you have a good way to get there. A Kil- car, a car, yeah. definitely, so, and somebody to drive you. Yeah, um, Kilmyers was a completely different experience than you get at a lot of the other bars. I mean, and, we felt going into it like we were we were just like in Germany or Austria. It was just like a complete, you know, different different vibe than any other bar in the city. Yeah, I mean, it's in the, the south of, of uh, Staten Island is, is is almost like you're, you're in the country practically. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you have to drive about half an hour. And <laughs> yeah. Or At have least you been there? it was like an hour. <laughs> have you been there, Ed? Have you been down to... You get to talking to the mic. Have you been to uh, Kilmars in, in Staten Island? Probably years ago. Yeah. I don't know how long they've been there, but I've been to a lot of places, and I am aged <laughs> with four kids that I don't really get to go out. So... Well, maybe Jimmy, me and you, we can make a little beer tour here, you know? We did it, but I'll do it again. I know, but yeah. we can. We can what, always do that. What we're trying to say is about New York is that New York has a real dynamic crap beer scene. We've got these, these great new people like like Ryan, who, who's who's running a bar in Staten Island. Ed, who's a the dean of beer. Well, not dean, but I, I have to really applaud all the, the youngsters. I'm going to call them youngsters because a lot of these guys are young, you know, they're coming into this business. I mean, I was young when... I opened up my first place, and uh, and uh, it was an experience for me, and I'm sure it is for everybody out there. But you know, I think that they are lucky now because they have a lot more out on the table for them to pick and choose from. So I think it's it's great for New York. Um, I used to hate what we used to have in New York. We had nothing. I remember Rogue being in New Jersey, and I'm calling some distributor in New Jersey. Can I get Rogue over here in New York? No, we can't come to New York. But you know, now we've got so much beer in New York, and I think it's it's great. There's a lot to be spread out, and and I love the fact that there are so many multi tap bars now. It's like nobody's really pouring a lot of. I mean, you still got crap on tap out there, but you know, the brunt of them are pouring very good beer, as you heard before. As our gentleman here stole beer from me, Saint <laughs> <laughs> Bernardus, Tokyo. I'm All right. <laughs> well, that that's that's oh, with yeah, age. Wow. That comes with age. That comes with age. Hey, uh, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back with more talk and some uh, questions on uh, Beer Sessions Radio. So I could love you twice as much as I do. I'd have four loving arms to embrace you. For eyes to idolize you each time. You're listening to I Wish I Were Twins by Plexophonic. What couldn't four lips do? When four ears hear you say that I'm yours. I wish that I were twins. You great big babykins. So I could love you twice as much as I do. So I could love you twice as much as I do I'd have four loving arms to embrace you 
twice to idolize you each time I face you with two hearts twice as true. What couldn't Hey, hey, do? welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We're out here at Roberta's in Bushwick. Heritage Radio Network is now a 501c3. You can donate. You can become a member. Go to heritageradionetwork.org. So we're in the studio with uh, some great people from New York City beer scene. Ryan Barker from Adobe Blues, Ed Berestecki from Mugs Ale House, and uh, Saren Giancarlo from BeerUnion.net. And uh, we're about to taste uh, some uh, Rockaway Brewing, a, a new brewery here in New York. Ethan Long from Rockaway. Uh, where are you guys making beer? Do you have a brewery? We do. We have a small two-barrel brew house. It's uh, small. And I guess the technical word is a, a nano brew, as I tend to joke about. But uh, it's, a, it's a nice small system. We're in Long Island City, um, right behind the Pepsi sign that you see off the East River there. Oh, so really? it's, uh, there was an old meatpacking plant that had the old tiled floors and the, the walk-in coolers. So we set up shop in what was the boning room. So we, <laughs> we have... Uh, the tracks that come in for uh, where they used to wash out the wash out the kegs. That's our uh, our keg washing room. So it's we have a nice little setup there. It's uh, you know for us it was a, a good space to be because I have a, my my other business is right on the same block. So our landlord is being being supportive of of the aspect. Uh, gave us this space as a as a good spot since they weren't doing anything with it and breweries seem to work work well in a, an old meatpacking plant. Great. Um, will people be able to go to your brewery and taste beer? Uh, we don't have a tasting room, but we are going to be doing hopefully growler sales. We have our uh, retail uh, permit for you know beer to beer to go in the growlers and containers. So hopefully September uh, those will start rolling out the door, so you can show up on the Fifth Street side of. Uh, of of the of the of the plant there, it's like corner of Fifth and Forty Sixth Avenue is is where the brew house is. Ryan, um, as a beer bar owner, how do you go about uh, trying out or bringing in a new brewery? Like, would you would you order this beer and serve it in your bar, or would you yeah, definitely. ask them to come taste you, or what would you do? Of course, I mean, there's a lot of little, or not a lot, but there's a handful of small breweries that are self distributing, which being in Staten Island makes it hard because nobody wants to drive one keg of beer to stand out and like that's your whole day you know what i mean um but we definitely you know work with uh work with distributors on small stuff something new i always want to grab and try it out um we love doing that that's you know that's what it's that's a lot of what it's about you know getting people to to keep brewing like supporting those breweries getting people to drink the new breweries know where they're from like a new local brewery that's awesome like that's something i can talk about in the bar marcus let's geek out a little bit with you okay so are you are the brewer no uh we, we both brew you both brew together. I'd, I'd say that ethan does most of the recipes and we then collaborate on how to come to the final product so all right so tell us about this beer um this is a beer that's inspired by uh the red hook esb which we, when we were both homebrewing originally, we both looked at all the different beer types and we thought, wow, Red Hook ESB is really what we used to love to drink for some reason. Yeah, so I was going to say it harks back to our days of being in, in San Francisco and uh, college. The original or the one that was <laughs> The original. Before, yeah. I remember being in New York and you couldn't, you couldn't get Red Hook on the East Coast before it started being made in New Hampshire. And I always would make homages out to San Francisco and get, get my Red Hook on tap at the Uptown Bar. <laughs> So our ESB is sort of 
we think it's a really smooth drinking beer. It's it's not real hoppy. It's it sort of has a a very sort of round finish, and it's not not very you know it's it's different than a lot of beers. A lot I think a lot of people are going hop 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 now, and this is just like a really smooth drinking beer. I know that maybe you I know we just we just killed everybody's palate here. <laughs> so you should have started with this one and then move. This is this is nice. It yeah, actually is you. very good. It is really good. It's, nice. it's fresh. I think it's a little light colored for ESB, but yeah, it may be just the light in here. I'm not. And sure. then what, what kind of malts do you use? Uh, these are like there's a Victory in Vienna, and then uh, it's kind of a backbone of American two row uh, as a, as a standard, and, and some then crystal. And a little bit of crystal, just for you know, probably the color is probably affected by by the crystal a little bit. Well, we're uh, you know we've been repeating this recipe for a long time, but we're uh, it's tasty though. I think you know, and I'm not I'm like again before I'm a hop head, so this is actually very good. I, I would pour this at mugs if no. I could get a barrel of it at mugs <laughs> if you can get if you can get a line at mugs because you've got you got all these great new stuff. It's like you have a two tier system. You get all the great new stuff. Then you also got legacy beers like. You yeah, have we, Anchor, we, Li- Anchor Liberty on draft we that keep, I never had before. We keep we keep a standard set. When we opened up mugs, we had eight draft lines. We expanded to sixteen, and so on and so on. And we get a br- bunch of people that like their Liberty. I was a Liberty guy. Now, forget it. My palate's shot <laughs> after drinking all the hops that I've had in my lifetime. It's like I can't go back to Liberty. I used to love Liberty. It was one of my favorite beers. But there, we still do have a following of Anchor Liberty fans, and they show up, and we have it up all the time. So we do have a, we have like a standard set of eight uh, that we always do, and then we rotate everything else. Okay, this is a question. <laughs> Bear with me. Okay, John Siegel, whose family owns the Siegel fan, the, the, the Siegel Hops Ranches up in Pacific Northwest. Before that, they were a long time New York State hop growers. Uh, he told me that his father had developed. Um, an original hop strain I think it was Cascade and one of the first breweries to use it was Anchor Liberty that was one of the first beers that featured it well I mean you know if you think back I think they were really the ones that had the hoppiest beers I'm not you know I'm not a historian as far as it comes to hops but I mean when you look back I think that that Liberty beer was a transition beer for a lot of people getting into hoppy bitter beers and at that point it was a bitter beer now really you know people have taken it to Whatever factor. <laughs> well, we just we just uh, we just planted a whole series of uh, Cascade hops out in the Rockaways. We uh, really through the Cornell program with, for the Fresh Cut New York. We um, we brought in fifty plants and have put them in a community garden out in in Rockaway, and then started our own little empty empty lot uh, <clears throat> community garden of uh, of hops. Obviously, there won't be enough to produce any beer from immediately, but uh, we. We went with all, all Cascade for the Rockaways. So, since you guys were talking Cascade, well, so w- when you grow your own hops, how do you process them with your beer? Do you just put them in fresh? Do you try to dry them? Uh, last year, when we had a small harvest, we did it. We did a special batch with just fresh hops. Um, we're not we're not trying to be hop producers yet. So, mostly it's for well, learn, learning curve. But uh, we use we use them selectively for you know probably either run them through uh, a hop gun and kind of or, or put them in the secondary and kind of dry hop the beer. I have a question for you. How do you do cooperage? That's one thing I've always been curious about the smaller breweries. How do you handle cooperage as far as your kegs and things like that? You know, do you? Send them out and expect an empty to come right back, or how do you handle that? Because I've been curious about that. 
We're, we're in that learning curve right now. Okay. Um, we're too small for someone like MicroStar because we don't produce enough to be able to have, you know, a thousand coming around. Um, we've had to, to buy all our own for now, so we're very protective since we are self-distributing. It's so when it goes, it has to come, come back. back. Yes. Right. Yeah, we come around to pick up the keg. We call, hey, is that keg empty? We're going to come pick it up. We've got to refill the beer. So we're working out the calculation of how many we need for every tap we have. You know, the, you know there's calculations out there you need four or five, but we're, we're getting our head around, you know, who's actually going to bring them back to us or who's going to give them back to us. You've got to remember we're very small. Two-barrel two system, we, we produce um, four barrels a week, which is only eight kegs. I dealt with a nano brewery and I lost one of their kegs and I almost got crucified for it. So Who is I this? No, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to mention any names. <laughs> well, I know the guys at Barrier Brewing. You know, they used to come to me. They still come to me every week. But they were, they were real. They were real serious about keeping tabs on their on their kegs. Who? Barrier Brewing. Who? They, and they're the, they're the success story. I mean, I mean, I think that hopefully they're inspiring you guys because you know just last year they won Best Brewery in New York on a one barrel system, right. and now they've expanded to a five barrel system. Yeah, we went out and looked at it a couple weekends ago and hung out and talked to Evan and you know potentially we might hopefully pick up a couple of his one barrel fermenters so we can put that in our. I mean, this is exciting to me seeing you guys do you know nano brewing. That's exciting because I can also like I know what what goes in your beer and the love. I want more. How about that? Oh. <laughs> You didn't bring any more? No, we got plenty more. Let's have a refill. How it about that? It's good, right? It's good yeah. beer. It's just, it's, fre- really good. it's just fresh, simple beer. Can I ask a question? Because I'm curious about this. Uh, as an old-timer, seeing the whole uh, brew pub scene go up and down in New York, what do like? What does like, a five-barrel system cost these days? Or like, Do they have monoblock systems or things like that? Because at one point at Muggs, we were contemplating on doing a, a three-barrel system. And when I got the BATF forms, I just said, forget it. And I went to a brewer's conference, and I saw the equipment, and the pricing back then was crazy. So I'm just curious. Yeah, it's expensive. I, I think that um, stainless steel has just gone through the roof right. as, as, a, as a material. So... Now all the stuff that's inexpensive is all from China. So stuff that's made in Canada, for instance, is like it's about forty percent more. So if you want American or China, Chinese made or American or Canadian made, it costs you a fortune. American so, Chinese. Same. So almost everybody gets chi- Chinese right. systems now, um, and and it's still it's pretty expensive. I mean, do they still have like three barrel monoblock systems and things like that? I mean, what? Yeah. Back then, a three barrel monoblock. I don't remember from where. You know, I don't remember what region it came from, but I remember it being like a hundred, hundred ten thousand dollars on the average. Mm-hmm. So, just curious well, if that's still yeah, the pricing. We looked at that. The the thing is, we didn't go with glycol jacketed fermenters. Okay. So that's the difference. Is we're really still we we worked out our formula where we as Barrier did a way to do it on a small scale that doesn't require ja- uh, glycol jackets. And therefore, we saved a lot of money. Right. It's a hu- that huge system is, is, is really... So we live off percentage. of our walk-in cooler, which we have rooms built off of it. It's, you know, it's uh, kind of our lifeline. Understandable. <laughs> <laughs> I know what that's so we got, our, we got our first barrels on Craigslist from Oregon. This guy, guy was selling them. We, well, he was you know, actually, that was the probrewer.com. Uh, oh, right. But he was still. So that's that's a good site to check out, probrewers.com. Yeah, yeah, they have a classifieds. They have you. You can find cooperage. You can find uh, other you know people selling parts, selling whole systems, selling you know all sorts of things, and advice. So we found a guy out in Oregon who had actually was teaming up with somebody to put a put a thing together and purchased the equipment. Waited his eight months for it to be made. When it showed up in the crate, his partner backed out. 
he put it up for sale. So to short circuit the waiting six to eight months, we we bought it from him. You're on the radio, guys, and, and you can't see, but this guy Ethan Long from Rockaway, he looks like a young Danny Myers, <laughs> our great New York restaurant tour. He kind of does, doesn't he? Is that a good thing? Or well, my my, yeah. my wife is a chef. She'll she'll appreciate that. So. All right, so you're looking at the color, yeah, right. color and, and and the cloudiness. Now the the thing is, we do not. F- Actually, filter our beer. Good. It is. It is. It's. Uh, we transfer it out of first fermenter right. into cold storage, right. and we chill it down for four to five days. We let the yeast settle out, and then we transfer it from the bright there. So it's going to have all the proteins. It's going to have all of no, all of I, I everything actually, in the beer. I actually like that. I wasn't looking at it. So it's. I, I see you're going like, yeah, it's well, kind of no, no, it's no, kind of no, no, murky. No, no. I'm not sure I want to you know, drink actually, this. I was looking at the color. Well, yeah. Marcus and I have this have this back and forth because he's always. That, that is, to me is more of an ESB color, and for some reason in the mason jar, it's actually it is amazing what, when you take the volume like smaller volume right, exactly. to how that's, the light that's, changes. That's the only thing I was looking at. I think it looks delicious, and it actually tastes delicious. Too. That's it, these guys. So uh, Sarah and John Carl, you guys went to forty-one bars in, in thirty days. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us, you know, weigh in on this. What do you want to tell us about Rockaway Brewing? Or well, this is know, a, this is a cool pretty tasty beer. beer. Yeah, I'm really enjoying this beer. It's well, nice thank and smooth. You. This would have been probably one of the beers we went back to if if it was available. Yeah, definitely. At the bars that we went definitely. to. W- were there certain beers that you saw prop popping up in, in the same different yeah. bars? Carton, Carton Boat. So a lot of Carton mm-hmm. Boat. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Barrier. A lot of Barrier. Uh, Bronx Pale Ale. Yeah. We had a lot of... So there, were, there were some themes throughout. These are our go-tos. Yeah. Definitely. Well, that's good. It's, it's, it shows a healthy uh, New York City beer scene. Yeah. And Ryan... Uh, just give us some feedback on these guys. You like this beer? I think this beer is really good. Like I, it's super drinkable. You know, like it's not super high in alcohol. You could knock a few of these back. This six point two. Six point two. It is a little higher wow. than you think it would be. Like five five, but like, right. I really, I get uh, like fresh off the stock sweet corn. Like in the smell and a little, a little bit of that sweetness in the taste, and I think it's incredible. We, we really wanted to kind of accentuate the the, I like it. the malt characters there. There's kind of a, it, you know, yeah. as I was said from the beginning, was the recipe was kind of going back and forth. There's that point where it's in the front of your mouth to the back of your mouth, and we kept pushing it till it was kind of back and forth. It was we were talking about on the way over how to, how how is it? Have we made it to the point when we do each brew? Did, does it did it make the the trip? <laughs> so who do you think drinks more beer? Do bar owners drink more beer or brewers? And Marcus, come on. It's about variety. We had to make I refuse to answer that question. We had to make a rule. Exactly. Yeah. We, we had to make a rule at the brewery that we could not drink beer until, at the end of the brew, we had the brew. It was the beer had to be flowing into the fermenter before we had our first beer. Otherwise, we'd screw up the whole recipe. There would be these late nights where we'd be doing any beer bets, and we, we'd, we'd be drinking and talking, and all of a sudden there would be like a mistake, and I was like, all right, we, you know. No drinking until... You know, one thing I love about being in a brewery, especially a small brewery, is just after you guys have had whatever it's called, the wort, when you get to first taste it, like when it's just like tea, Mm -hmm. it's like barley tea, warm barley tea. I love that. (laughs) Do do you taste at that stage? We've actually been saving some of that to try to come up with a drink with it because we've been we've been drinking it at the brewery while we're brewing because it's kind of refreshing it's like a nice kind of barley tea just to answer you your question you drink while we're drinking we, we drink that because it's non-alcoholic at that stage but it's a great it's a great way to, to appreciate your beer you know it's kind of sweet and malty and it's warm and it is barley tea yeah some people don't like I, lo- I love when taking the gravity of the beer and like I always kind of do a little taste and 
there's so many characters you can get in it, and people are like, ah, it doesn't really taste like, nah, I don't get the beer. But you're like, I, I love that moment of tasting the characters when you're doing the gravity because it's kind of interesting. Can we try the porter? Because I actually haven't had a porter in a long time, and I'd really love to try one of those. Okay. Yeah. That's the, I brought that for, uh, for, for the night. This is a recipe we're working on for the fall. I actually call it my salt porter. It's uh, This is a test recipe. This is a test recipe that uh, <laughs> I'll stand up and get some. You know, Ed, you have an awesome voice. You don't even need to, to talk into the microphone, bro. But you know who drinks the most? It's not brewers and it's not barns. Guess who it is? It's bloggers. Well, it's our producer Bree and it's the beer reps. Uh, now the, yeah, secret, right. the big secret in the scene, since we're, we're covering while uh, Ethan's going to pour us some porter, is that some of the beer reps in the city come to Jimmy's Number Forty Three as early as eleven thirty some days. Great and brewers. They sit down, they put their orders in, and they drink beer. So, if anyone want a real job, get a job as a beer rep, because <laughs> if you like beer, then uh, they're always around beer. But I think they only drink beer at my place. I'm too old. Because uh, do, do you let your um, beer reps drink for no, free? I throw them out. Or do you make them pay? I don't even let them in. I throw them out. don't even let them in. What about you, Ryan? They do you know. let beer reps drink beer for free, or do you make them buy beer? Uh, no, they gotta they got to buy. Wow. Although, you know... That's why they're drinking at your place, too. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I mean, at really... At 11.30. Uh, actually, you know what? Sorry. Since you said that, we'll all send them to you. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Just get rid of them. Yeah. Go to Jimmy Carbones. Yeah. Cool. But then that's cool. how I get the specialty beers. So that's the secret. I don't know. He's got a decent lineup there. I don't you know. know. And it's in Staten Island. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, hey, well, we're, we're right now uh, Ethan's uh, pouring off some uh, porter that we're going to try. We'll take another short break. And we'll be back again on Beer Sessions Radio. Every night you'll hear croon of a Russian lullaby Just a plaintive little tune when baby starts to cry You're listening to Russian Lullaby Rock-a-bye, by Pensaphonic My baby, somewhere there may be A land that's free for you and me And a Russian lullaby Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. What? No drop today? We'll have to tell you about HeritageRadioNetwork.org. It's a 501c3. You can donate or join as a member. Go to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. There's some secret things coming up. I don't know if I should tell you, but we're actually going to be doing uh, producing a uh, beer festival on the Rockaways, September 8th, and hopefully you guys can come out and try uh, the Rockaway beer. Um, yeah, David has been more information will be available at, uh, I guess, GoodBeerSeal.com, which is always the site for uh, all things cool beer. Um, and also September 9th, there may be, I think there is, a HeritageRadioNetwork.org fundraiser party uh, at Roberta's. So a lot of cool things coming up. Make it through Labor Day, and uh, we'll be back in New York. Um, I'm having so much fun today. We are, we are dr- drinking this awesome beer from this great new brewery. I'm adding you to the list of my new favorite small breweries, guys. Um, I don't know. Let's, let's try this porter. And uh, Ed, 
feedback. <laughs> You're a master taster. Let's get Ryan. Ryan's our junior master taster. And Ed's our he's master younger, taster. He's got a younger brain. Let him answer his question first. I'll well, let him get it. I got to taste the beer first. Yeah, good. Ooh, I've got a question for Ed. Ed, I've got a question for you. Um, so if we have this, these beers and we have a few of them. If we want to bring them around to you guys, you guys all buy beer from local breweries. How, how do we get our beers on tap? Like, what's, what's the secret? You knock on the door, say, hello, Ed. <laughs> no, I mean... Well, the first thing is this. I'm gonna you say it, you're making your own beer and you're not contracting your beer. You'll get in the door. If you're contracting your beer, uh, then you're in a league of murky clouds that, uh, you know, it's... it's Contract brewing now has become like, you know, I mean, anybody can contract brew. But, I mean, like a nano brewery, I really appreciate it. And, and one of the first nano breweries in New York... Which was barrier, and I'm going to mention that, and that That's was the run. Awesome. That, awesome. Yeah, no, he, but I kind of screwed up. I lost his keg, and I was on the whatever list that you want. Win him call back, it. Ed. Win him back, and then I was done. So I don't know if I should be telling you this because you don't want me to pour your beer. But I will, mar- you know, mark it up with tape and say, "Hey, don't don't give this to any distributor in New York." I don't know. Um, I would love for Nano Breweries to show up at Mugs and say, hey, you know, pour us. Because I think that when I think back when I was starting out and I was like, you know, you always want to help each other out. And for me, I would love for somebody like you guys to show up and say, hey, pour us. The only thing is, I mean, if we pour you and it pours well, it's great. But if it doesn't pour well, then, you know, then you've got to look at us and say well you know maybe it is the place for you it's not i don't know meaning the beer has to be good (laughs) (laughs) it's a competitive market my friend that's why i never put that three barrel system in because i got talked out of it because (laughs) they said how are you going to compete with all these beers if you're not going to be brewing up to that caliber how can you compete with like the rogues and the anchors let's talk about this beer this porter it's it's like almost licorice tar it's a un- most unusual porter I've ever right. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. That's what, exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I, w- I was battling the, uh, the 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 dark and the sweet with the with it. There's you know there's there, there's enough sugars in there that to kind of overwhelm it. But then I is that a good? This is licorice tar, isn't that? That's not a yeah, bad. Ex- no, no, now, you know, there's some character to it. This is a test batch. This is. Right. So it's gonna we're gonna, this, so your feedback would be you know helpful. Because you know my my favorite. Uh, Porter style is uh, the Adnams broadside. Have you ever had it? Mm-mm. Come to my place. We have some bottles, a couple of bottles that have stashed away. Um, Adnams is like that great old English brewery that in England it serves. It still serves cask and uh, and Ray Dieter at DBA in the nineties. That was the, the, the he only had Adnams on cask, and and that's when I fell in love with cask beer. But things like Adnams stand out, and uh, I haven't gotten their cast in a while, but they, they just came with a shipment in the spring of some bottles. And the Adnams broadside, it's everything a porter should be. It's got a maltiness. Um, it's, it's, I can't say more than that, but you've got to try it. Right. Well, you it's a standard. You've, have you had it, Ed? The Adnams Actually, broadside? I've never had that one. But I, I'll tell you, I, I've tried a lot of domestic porters. And like when he just poured this one, I was looking at him like, you know, he's got the head. I love that tannish color head on there, and I love the color of the the. the it's it. I think it actually is very good. I like it. too. It's just a tweak on a lot of different things. It's not your traditional porter. I mean, you. I like a porter that's got a lot of roastiness, a lot of, I don't know, the malt there and everything else. But this actually, 
I think it would work, actually. Well, I, one, I, I think, think we could pour this at mugs, and I think people would like it. So. The one thing that I was really nervous about with this was how to get the right quantities. I have I have actually espresso salt in there to... to Oh, to, there is salt. That's, is that's salt. what it is. That's why I called it a salt porter. So yeah. that, that salt kind of coats your mouth and makes you... you know, it's like So getting that that push of where the right amount was. So with this with this this batch it was like kind of finding that that right amount. So the next next time we'll probably refine it a little bit more, but uh, it was you know it's sometimes people people take license like we're used to having people take license with stouts. You know, there's all types of stouts, milk stouts, chocolate stouts, espresso stouts. And with porter, I don't see that many porters, but I almost want people to make traditional porters. Just so I can taste what it would have been like. Yeah. Well. I mean, what porters, about- porters, you know, years ago, porters, you never tasted a bad porter. It was a style that was there. It existed. And you had a following. Not everybody was a porter fan. I mean, you had stout fans. You had IPA fans. You had other people. But the porter, for me, I, I always liked it. But you never tasted a bad one. And I don't think to this day I've ever tasted a real bad one. I don't think so. There may have been one that fell through the cracks, but I don't think so. And it's... it's it, I used to call it a safety style, like a safe style. It's like, all right, you want to brew a porter, all right, fine. But now, you know, it, it, there, there are so many. I would love, I mean, I, I actually am digging this. <laughs> actually, I'm digging it, too. <laughs> I am actually Pretty digging nice. this, I have to say, because. It's salty. Yeah. Well, it's different. It's a different, it's a different take on a porter. More, and, right? You know, because, I mean, you've got multi-porters. You have roasty porters. You have coffee porters. You have imperial porters. Now, and, you know, everything's going. So, I mean, this is definitely a different twist on it and i think you know you may have people that would really pound this down because what's the what's the abv on this uh i'm, I'm not sure know. i don't know yet so i'm still working on it we'll find out tonight yeah. this is so this is like your test batch so do you make the test batches in the two barrel systems or you do you make like a homebrew system no this is on this is on a homebrew it's like i want to start the ball rolling because you know when we were first getting going we had our half barrel system we were brewing in beyond our bungalows out in rockaway doing doing stuff all the time and uh now that we've been in the brew house with the two barrel system it was kind of a relief and kind of nice to be able to go out on the weekend and and you know so when did you brew at the in the bungalows in rockaway or did you uh, do other things in the bungalows <laughs> what were you doing in the bungalows I and mean, you can't brew in the bungalows right on the back side we have our whole rig on the on the, on on the, the back, back side on the back side of the house there right. it's like i like that i like that on the back side well <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, do you want to say anything about porters? Do you have any porters at uh, Adobe Blues? Yeah, we do have porters. Um, and I, I really like a porter. I don't think porters get a whole lot of play. Um, it's definitely not a style that we go through. It's definitely not. I mean, even in the colder months, you know, when you think it's going to pick up, it it doesn't. We have, a, we have a beer club, you know, that goes by style. So, you know, people, porters, one of the styles. So we go through them, through them that way. But I don't think we have any... I don't think we have anybody that comes in and is like, man, I could just really use a porter right now. <laughs> well, they they need mean? to try the Adams broadside. <laughs> right. And there are some really good ones out there. I think there's like two kegs or two cases in New York. So. Right. There are some really good ones out there. I, one of my favorite beers at the place right now is uh, Prips Carnegie Porter, which is incredible, incredible beer. And I you know, recommend it to people, and everybody likes it. But again, no one's coming in and... Oh, I'm dying yep. for a porter. And, and Finland, porters used to be my go-to. I mean, Cinnabershoff yeah. is a great. That's right, Cinnabershoff. Yeah, Cinnabershoff. Yeah. We Finland, actually yeah. have gotten requests for porters. It's funny. It's like you do get people that come in and yeah, look for totally. porters. And the one that I was going to mention to you, since you mentioned that other one from Ray, is the entire butt porter. Remember that one? I don't. Even, I haven't seen that yeah. in a while. Ridgeway. Remember that one? Yeah, right. Santa's butt. Yeah. Yep. 
I think it's no, not Santa's. No. It was called Entire Butt, I think, or something. Like, it was some crazy <laughs> name. I remember. It was like I looked at this and I'm like, we're gonna put this like. You know, Don't put butt, like, but then butt referred to like the size of barrel the, or whatever it is. Yeah. It's supposed to be barrel. Don't put a butt on your beer label. I think you ever. make a good point, though. I think it's a good gateway. Yeah, beer, totally. You know, like even a bad porter, a bad porter is not offensive. You know what I mean? Like it's always going to be pretty drinkable. It's always going to be a little roasty. It's always going to be, you know, like it's, it's a very approachable style yeah, when you're exactly. stepping away from Guinness or whatever macro. Yeah. As as brewers, is it hard is is a brew, is porter a hard style to make compared to others? No, it's probably it's a general way. question, but no, I mean, that's probably why I wasn't doing a stout. I mean, the porter seemed kind of a nice intro for a dark fall beer that I could, we could tweak with, you know, something simple to kind of to our taste. So I, I found it was, um, we'll see. It might prove to be more challenging as I get into the fall and I try to, you know. I definitely would like to try this, you know, just to, as a test batch, even if you had it. Drop off a signal and say, "Hey, let's see what people think of this." Because I'm curious about this. Because this, this definitely is a tweak on on porter that I haven't tasted. I've never tasted. And the salt in it is interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely it is. Good. And and to me, it's just it's something. Yeah, a tweak on a porter I haven't had right. before. It, it gives it a, a a nice mouthfeel, and I think it stretches the flavor out a little bit. It's it's cool. Well, funny thing about salt was you know salt was originally kind of came into play after prohibition. When the in the American brewers they were using cheaper products, there was like the corn fillers and the rices, and the salt was added as a as a way to kind of emphasize the the, the flavor that they didn't have right. to kind of make it go further. So you, you look into the history of it, it's like, well, don't use salt in your beer. That was kind of a, a negative, and I was like, well, you know, it could also be a positive, which you know is like kind of offset some of those dark dark darker chocolatey uh, uh, flavors. All right. Let's make a toast to Rockaway Brewery. You guys are yeah, awesome. Definitely. Yeah. Welcome to the scene and congratulations. And uh, we'll Welcome. do a Thank little, you for having uh, us here. Welcome to the neighborhood. Hey, hey. <laughs> let's do a quick uh, talk around. Uh, what's going on uh, coming up at your at your bar, Ryan? Um, you know about? We're doing uh, Christmas in July, even though it's the last day of July. Uh, um, so, you know, have some good dark Christmas beers up right now uh, in bottles. So we'll run through those. Um, we do a little event. Last year was the first year, so we'll be gearing up for that. Uh, it's called Brewery Appreciation Day. And when's that? Uh, that'll be in November. Um, so we got a little time. You got a little time to make your plans for that one. Uh, but I'm getting ramped up for it now just to, you but know. But if, if, if I took the Staten Island Ferry and got off in Staten Island, it's not too far from Make there. Right. To no, yours. it's uh, it's walkable. It is. It's probably a fifteen minute walk ish. Uh, also, there's a bus stop yes, a bus right stop. in front of our place, um, which is awesome. And all buses go to and from the ferry. So even if you get on the wrong one, we'll be out. You're gonna Ed, get it. What's going on at Mugs? Oh, Mugs. Actually, house. I'm not the event person of all events, but uh, we've got the Ruination 10th anniversary next Tuesday. One of six barrels in New York, which, you know, Adobe Blues didn't snatch out of my hand. <laughs> How so did you get that? I have to really, uh, yeah, I paid them extra. <laughs> it's coming to that where you have to start, you know, paying these guys off. Now, actually, uh, we've got that happening Tuesday. We have uh, 11th and 12th, I believe, if I'm correct, that's Saturday and Sunday. We have a rated A event. We're doing 20 
uh, rated A beers from Beer Advocate or rated beer, ratebeer.com. Whichever one was higher is getting, you know, we've got 20 beers each day, Saturday and Sunday. And in October, we've got our 20th anniversary, which we're still trying to, you know, seal a date down. And we've got a beer being brewed by Brooklyn for us. Nice. Congratulations, man. You've yeah, been a real uh, important. You know, now when I go to Williamsburg, I, I, I hang out at Muggs. I like it there a lot. I know, and I don't come to the city. That's the problem. All right, and, uh, <laughs> and I e- grew up right around the corner. Ethan and Marcus, anything, anything just coming up at Rockaway Brewing besides the fact that you're new? Besides that we're new and we're uh, trying to get where the ball is finally rolling and beer is starting to to move out the door. Uh, our big thing is we're finalizing our our front space so that we can have a, a public face uh, and start selling growlers. And when will Rockaway the ESB be at Jimmy's number forty three? Oh, you beat me to that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Next week actually, or the, in September? I will. Uh, can I take the rest of the keg that's here right now? I, I'll pay cash. See, we're fighting over cash. it. And then the, the, the ultimate uh, New York City beer fans, Sarah and John Carlo from BeerUnion.net. What's your the next bar you're going to go to for some beers? Uh, uh, we're taking a little break from Boss right now. That's not encouraging. All right. And, and a couple of things you can go to on, on this Thursday, August 2nd, go to BeerCraft. Uh, say goodbye to longtime seller manager Matt Barclay. He was on our show last week. He's moving over to uh, Sycamore, uh, also in Brooklyn. Uh, August 6th is Gypsy Brewers and 12% Imports at Mission Dolores. Mission Dolores is an awesome bar. It's quirky. Uh, it's got always great beers. Uh, we check it out in Brooklyn. And Wednesday, August 8th, going to Queens, Sunswick, 3535 is Two Brothers Brewing Night. Uh, there's so many really great bars in New York City, and uh, we're so proud that thegoodbrewsteel.com is, is up to 41 beers bars right now. Excuse me. I'd like to thank our sponsors at greatbrewers.com. have helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. Oh, wait. BeerUnion.net, what's your special offer? Oh, we have a really exciting giveaway going on starting today. Um, Justin Phillips from Beer Table has offered us this really awesome prize. It's um, a family dinner night for worth $200. Um, what, you're, what you can do is you can go to BeerUnion.net or BeerUnion.com. And at our, it all goes to the same place. And our top host right now is our Good Beer Seal Recap. So comment on it with your favorite good beer seal bar and why. And one person will be chosen to win this family dinner worth $200, which is um, up to eight people for food. High five. That is awesome. Beerunion.net. Yeah. And again, uh, thanks for everyone. we got Ethan and Marcus, Ed, Sarah, John Carlo, and Ryan for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Jack Inslee and Brie O'Connor. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. In some of my songs I have casually mentioned The fact that I like to drink beer This little song Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio you can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.